Hey, listen. Welcome to the Hey Listen Games Cast. This is episode 74. And guess what? Ukulele has arrived on the Nintendo Switch. I backed that thing over two and a half years ago, and I finally got my game code. And I feel I feel uh, proud about it. So. Hey, if it only took you two and a half years to get from backing it to getting a game code, that's like a huge hit on Kickstarter. <laughs> Most games it takes like five years, and then you get your backer rewards. It's actually just like a coloring page of the game. Yeah, <laughs> a coloring page. Oh, uh, yeah, no, I just did the basic tier, so I got the download code. It was originally supposed to be for Wii U, which obviously, I'm so glad it's not a Wii U code anymore. It's a Switch code. But, uh, but yeah, I, I've been playing it. The, the port looks really good on the Switch. They did a good job on the port. I was talking to some guys on on Twitter uh, earlier today about it. But, uh, I mean, you know, the game is fun. I'm glad I already beat it you know, on PS4 earlier this year. But, uh, um Port-wise, I mean, they definitely took their time with it, and you can tell it, it runs really nice. I showed it to you a little bit before the yeah, show. Yeah, it, it looks really good. looks good. It's not foggy. It looks nice and sharp, and it has all the updates, and you can skip past all the chattering. So, you know, this is kind of the definitive version of the game for now. So, um, Anyways, uh, we got a fun show for you guys here today. We're going to be uh, talking... Wait, I didn't even introduce ourselves. I know. I'm like, well, we're just <laughs> two random floating heads. <laughs> Uh, my name is Jeffrey Morris, um, and uh, I'm really excited about ukulele today, I guess. And uh, joining me today is Nathan Wagner. It's pronounced ukulele, as my wife says. <laughs> She's still offended by She's that. She's still offended by that. Uh, yeah, but uh, not with us today, Rob Douglas. Uh, he is actually with his family right now. Just uh, had a new baby girl. They welcome to the world. So He is uh, a proud double dad. Double dad, that is correct. So you can send... Uh, Rob Wellish is over on uh, Twitter, and, uh, you know, hopefully he's not going to screw up both of his children. Maybe one of them, but uh, both of them. If one of them turns out semi-normal, then that's a success. <laughs> there we go. Um, so we got a, a lot to talk about today. Um, this last week is kind of the craziest end of the year week for announcements. Yeah, there was a ton <laughs> of announcements. We had PSX happen over the weekend. We had the Game Awards last Thursday that happened. Yep. Both of those um, filled with lots of new announcements yeah, I, and trailers and just tons of different stuff. And you know, on top of all that, Nintendo announced today that they have officially hit 10 million units sold um, for the Switch. And this is in the first nine months. So yeah, nine months, still three more months to go in its first year officially. And it's already hit 10 million, which is about two and a half million short of the Wii U, I believe. So <laughs> it's probably going to surpass the Wii U's lifetime sales. In, in the 12, first year. 12 calendar months. Yes. Which is, uh, you know, obviously a good sign for Nintendo. I loved the Wii U. had a lot of great games, but, you know, just it didn't really sell well. I knew some people who had Wii U's, and I met some people online through Miiverse. <laughs> the, here, here's the success of the Switch summed up in, in one thing. So I have a good friend, and the last gaming console she had was a Nintendo 64. Mm-hmm. And she's like... I really like playing the Switch. Like, she's come over and played, like, Mario and Mario Kart. She's like, I'm really enjoying it. All I'm going to ask for, for Christmas is a Switch. And lo and behold, she's getting a Switch for Christmas. Wow. So she's going to have her first gaming console since the Nintendo since 64, the 64 when she was, like, a kid. Now she's an Not adult. just first Nintendo, but first gaming console yeah, since Yeah, first then. gaming console since oh. then. So Yeah, I mean, it's it's everywhere. I had I had uh, some uh, some f- a family from uh, my work actually email me and say, yeah, we're getting a Switch for our son. What are some game recommendations? <laughs> And, you know, my, my pastor is like, yeah, my son's bugging me. We're going to get the Switch for Christmas. And so, like, 
people were talking about it. I was like, yeah, we didn't get the the Wii, the Wii U. We had the Wii. We didn't get the Wii. I'm like, no one did. Don't worry about it. Just get the Switch. <laughs> yes. Like, uh, so, yeah, it's you know, it's good for Nintendo. It'll be interesting to see once it hits that exact one-year date um, how, how much it's sold. But yeah. they did announce that over 50% of Switch owners have bought in Zelda, Mario Kart, and Mario Odyssey. And so that is also very impressive that... You know that means That's over five million first-party games uh, that at least fifty percent of which is a crazy attach rate. Yeah, like, and the fact that you have three of those games like is crazy. I mean, when I first bought my PS4, I didn't buy more than just I think I think I bought maybe one or two other games other than Destiny um, in my first year. Um, yeah, and you know those games were probably very different than many of the other PS4 owners. But the fact that you have these three games that everyone's buying. Um, is is pretty pretty impressive for the first year. So um, good for Nintendo. It's awesome, awesome yeah. here. Shout out to um, them. So Game Awards Thursday night is the big award show, and we're just going to start this off by saying that Jeff Keighley and all the Game Awards people totally copied us on all of our Gamey Awards. We got out and did the Gamies. We did it early this year. We did, we did it, it like the November. third week of November, I think. Yeah, we gave out all of our awards. We gave Zelda Game of the Year. We gave. Cuphead, uh, best art style. We gave Injustice, best fighting game. We gave Hellblade, uh, like biggest impact and in- most in- interesting idea. And all those categories were the exact same in the Game Awards, and they gave it to the same game. So. I just want to take the opportunity to say thank you to Jeff Keighley and every other media <laughs> publisher who obviously listened to our podcast and and we're, we're like we can't disagree with you guys. You, you're big obviously time influencers. right. Exactly. Big time influencers. Exactly. But. Uh, in all all seriousness, um, it was it was a pretty entertaining show. It still ran a little long. There's a lot of ads in there, which was kind yeah. of annoying. But uh, um, there were some fun announcements. And I know, Nathan, your favorite announcement was because you called me like the second it got announced <laughs> and you were hyperventilating over the phone. All right. So Zelda, they had kind of been teasing like um, a couple press people tweeted out. They got emails about Breath of the Wild DLC like a day before the Game Awards. And so people this were kind of predicting. second pack. The second, the, yeah, the, the second, pass. the Champions Ballad DLC. And so people were predicting that it might show up at the Game Awards. And they played, like, the orchestra played. Uh, Omnunima came out in a Breath of the Wild tunic. <laughs> he pulls out the Master Sword. It was re- a really awesome like, moment. Like, live action, like, physical sword. Yes, physical pulled sword out. pulled out from, like, My- something that looked like a rock. Reminded me of, like, Miyamoto from the Twilight Princess reveal. Yes, <laughs> and then they, I forget what happened, but they played the Champions Ballad DLC trailer. And then at the end, they showed the, what did they, what did they call it? The, like... The Master Cycle? I don't know. The Master, yeah. <laughs> the motorcycle that you can now ride across Hyrule once you beat all the DLC. Link riding a motorcycle is now canon in Zelda. Yes, it is... <laughs> amazing i just started freaking out like i think my wife took a video of me i was like screaming <laughs> and crying i was uh it was very exciting um yeah because zelda was obviously my favorite game of the year and i put 115 hours into it mm. and i'm excited to go back and play more yeah i mean it, it's cool it's i mean uh you, you said you actually got the pass but you haven't tried it out yet yeah so I, I hadn't actually bought the dlc yet and then i bought it on saturday i believe gotcha. but i haven't jumped into it yet i've been playing some other stuff and i have a i'm going on vacation over christmas and so i think i christmas might be break. wait until christmas break and play go. it then yeah so i mean they showed it has some new quests where you interact with the you know original champions there's new shrines there's lots of new outfits there's lots of cool legacy outfits that call back to link's past which is cool and then obviously you can ride a motorcycle up mountains and anywhere in Hyrule, which 
who would have guessed when we saw this Link DLC in Mario Kart 8 a couple of years ago where Link's in there and he's riding this motorcycle. Like, oh, that, that's funny. There's this, all this artwork of a Link riding motorcycles. And now, actually in the game, Link is riding the motorcycle. So, <laughs> pretty cool. I need to go on and look at the uh, like Hyrule Historia people who think that the Zelda Hyrule Historia that came out a couple of years yeah. ago got it all wrong. And I need to see how they fit the motorcycle into Zelda canon. <laughs> into the timeline. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Uh, so that, that was definitely a fun announcement. That was towards the beginning of the show. And then uh, Nintendo had Reggie Fizami, the president of NOA, come up and actually announced Bayonetta is back on uh, Nintendo platforms. And not only is Bayonetta 1 and 2, uh, which came out on the Wii U, Bayonetta 2 Switch. was mm. exclusive to the Wii U. Both those games are coming onto the Switch in February. So yep. that's technically going to be within the first year. So that's... That's good for the fans of that. And then they also had a teaser trailer for, surprise, Bayonetta 3, which is the third game in the series. And it will also be Switch exclusive. And, of course, the internet got very upset again, just like they did when Bayonetta 2 was announced as a Switch exclusive. So Hey, way more people are buying the Switch. Like, we just talked about how it's going to outsell the Wii U in one year. Yeah. A lot more people have a chance to, to play and appreciate both Bayonetta 2 and probably Bayonetta 3 as yeah. well. And so, uh, I mean... I, I'm sure Bayonetta 3 is probably still a while off, but... Yeah, they said it was now... The trailer said it was now in development, so yeah. it made it seem like it's still it was probably a very, at very least short, a year away. Very short more. teaser trailer, yeah. not really any gameplay. So um, that'll probably you know be another two years before that guy comes out, or that girl comes out. But, uh, I mean, does this make Bayonetta, like, officially a Nintendo character now? That two-thirds of her game series is exclusive to Nintendo? Yes, that and the fact that she was in Smash Brothers. Like, does this cement her future in all future Smash Bros and possibly other Nintendo party games? Uh, <laughs> like, will she be in the I'm next Smash for the, Bros for, for the, sure now? Like, I don't know. We'll have to wait and see. Yeah. So, it's I I think this is really cool for people that wanted it. I was really hoping they were going to announce a Smash Four port or something like yeah, that at the Game Smash Awards. Related. Um, I'm not a huge Bayonetta fan. Uh, I like her in Smash, but I haven't really. Yeah. I mean, those games are so ridiculous and over the top. Like, it's just your crazy Japanese action um, game. And, you know, they're definitely interesting pieces of art, and they're very unique, unlike anything in the uh, industry. If you live in Japan, (laughs) you can get a Switch-exclusive bundle called the uh, Full Climax Edition that comes with Bayonetta 1 and 2. So there you go. that'll be coming out in February. You can wear your own everyone uh, who wants it. Uh, bullet shoe, high heel shoes. There you go. <laughs> yes. Um, other than that, um, I think my other really thing that stood out for me from the Game Awards was Soul Calibur Six, which was obviously kind of uh, leaked and rumored uh, a few weeks ago, but is officially coming a new newest entry in the Soul Calibur series. First time on this gen, really. Soul Calibur Four and Five were on, you know, 360 PS3. Um, so Soul Calibur 6 coming to PS4, Xbox One, PC, and uh, I think that they said it's coming out next year is the plan. Yeah, yeah, 2018. So 2018. I'm excited to see who the guest character is because they always have a few guest yeah. characters, like they there's Star Wars. Already, I saw and, today they already had teased or basically confirmed that character creation was going to come back as well. Oh, that, so. that is what makes me buy those games is making all my favorite random characters from movies and comics and yeah. other games and stuff. So that, that is awesome to hear. I did not hear that. I know you actually you like Soul Calibur. That's like one of the few fighting games you can beat me at. Yeah, I like the I kind of it's kind of like a 3D arena fighter. Yeah, um, and so I kind of like the fact that it's not just a kind of 2D side, yeah. and whatever. it's weapons based. So yeah, every weapons character based has different too, weapons. stuff like that. Um, mm-hmm. So yeah, I've had they're really fun games. Um, I played it a lot like back on I think the original 
Xbox and Game. I played Soul Calibur two a lot, the one with Link yeah. on GameCube a lot. So I really enjoyed. Link that was game. so overpowered though. <laughs> he was very overpowered. <laughs> well, just throw bombs and arrows. As of for now, days. this game is not announced for the Switch. Which the only reason I want it on Switch is so Link can come back yes. to Soul yes. Calibur. Exactly. So I don't know. Maybe it'll come eventually. There later was down the so line, that that so. rumor that teased it. I think um, also said that if it wasn't announced at the Game Awards, that it should be announced in the Nintendo Direct in january that's rumored with maybe EA's they're waiting way, so. there's been some other games that they've announced the switch version later so we'll see yeah we'll see what happens uh, yeah that should be good uh what else stood out you at the game Awards? um the other thing that looked really interesting to me was called a game called in the valley of the gods and this is developed by campos santos which were the developers oh, who yeah. made um firewatch firewatch yeah i love firewatch yeah so this game looks like it's set in egypt and i think you're kind of discovering and <laughs> going around like a big pyramid um checking out a a giant pyramid and getting into something um <laughs> getting in are you still yeah, this game, this game or something it's still a ways off like it said 2019 yeah, well so, they're a small team yeah firewatch so they're a small team year. and firewatch came out last year but um the game the setting looked really cool i'd love to go around and explore egypt and oh, i'm sure it'll be beautiful and yeah. the colors are looked really really pretty so that's something that's really exciting i'll that's, be there i'll be there day one for that yeah i, I mean i really like firewatch and you know that what, how much fun I had that game. It just really made me more excited for that team and what story and what they're going to do with their next game. Yes. And so I will definitely be there uh, for Valley of the Gods. That is awesome. The uh, So the mis- most disappointing moment of the Game Awards, for me personally, okay. was when Kojima came out on stage, but Jeff Keighley was like far away. He was in the other spot <laughs> doing the announcement. So we never got them right next to each other. So Jeff obviously <laughs> didn't propose like we were predicting last week. <laughs> But we were correct in saying Death Stranding would be shown, but no gameplay. <laughs> exactly, exactly. So Death Stranding got this, like, how long was the video? Like, 10 minutes? It was, video? yeah, it was a nine or 10 minute long uh, trailer for the game. And again, this just raises more bizarre questions. And you have just every turn of that trailer, so many different things happen. And absolutely zero of it made any sense. No, it didn't make any sense Parts at all. Parts of it were interesting and intriguing, I but saw... still just. Yeah, nonsense. I saw an article today. I didn't read it, but I think um, there's going to be some kind of cool mechanic with gameplay where when you die, you kind of spawn, I think, like in a different universe or something like that, which sounds like it could be a cool idea. It sounds very, very Kojima, obviously. Yeah, exactly. I mean, <laughs> um, but yeah, that trailer makes no sense. I haven't been on like the subreddit thread yet to see what Pete crazy oh, fan theories, <laughs> fan theories, <laughs> which so far has been the funnest part of this game. Yeah. But yeah, there's that for those who are excited. I'm just very confused still. Yep, you know that game's still many years away. Sony's <laughs> Sony's not going to push him. They're gonna, that's what Konami did with Metal Gear Solid Five, and they got all that bad press. So they're just going to take years and years to make this game. Yes. And obviously, we still haven't seen gameplay, so it's probably very far away still. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, you can run around as Norman Reedus and steal little uh, fetus babies, and they'll give you thumbs up, and you run away from invisible demons. I don't know. And you swallow them, and they're in your stomach. <laughs> Oh man! Uh, but uh, yeah, so Game Awards, uh, it, was, it was it was entertaining. It's uh, good to see that show get a little bit better. More yeah, they had a, a really cool orchestra there that I thought was yeah, that I really enjoyed. Like I think last year they had like the Doom Band and maybe a couple other things like a rap. Group yeah, it's kind of hit or like miss. That. So um, that it was, it was cool because they started playing uh, Aloy's theme from Horizon Zero Dawn, which is one of my favorite songs from yeah. any game this year. Um, and I'm like, oh, sweet. So the ride song, then it started going into some of the other Game of the Year nominees, like Zelda and Persona. Then it ended with Mario Odyssey, and the actual singer from Jump Up Superstar came out and was singing the song, and I'm like, this is... And the whole crowd suddenly spawned with Mario Cappy hats. (laughs) I'm like, this is amazing. Like, I I love that. And just, you know, 
made me smile. So yeah, what a great year! Really great. What a great year! It was in a great, great, great way great to celebration. cap off, off twenty seventeen. Yeah, and um, so PSX obviously was also this weekend. This is PlayStation's big uh, kind of fan expo they do, and um, a lot of announcements didn't really happen here. Um, they did show some Guacamelee two uh, gameplay, and I'm really excited for that game. It looks, you know. Pretty similar to the first one, gameplay-wise. The story takes place seven years after the original. Juan has a family. He's married. You know, the girl, the El Presidente's daughter from the first one. And then basically, your mentor, Goatman, comes back and says, Oh, Juan, there's another bad guy. you got to come save the world. And so you go on this adventure. And so uh, that game will be fun. Drinkbox, they do a great job uh, with those games. And so that'll be fun. And then uh, Spider-Man actually got a little kind of behind-the-scenes trailer where they interviewed a lot more of the developers. Not a ton of new footage, sadly, but just they kept reaffirming my faith in this game as a Spider-Man fan. And then, you know, having all these comics writers and all these people and one of the game directors is like, yeah, like we realized halfway through the development that like almost everyone on the team was a huge Spider-Man fan growing up. And like we all have pictures of ourselves in Spider-Man underwear as little kids. <laughs> and we're just like so psyched to be working this game. And so we're making this game as fans, for fans. And it's looking like it's just... A lot of love and a lot of uh, you know good ideas and good people are working on this game. It's not just, oh, hey, Activision, you have Spider-Man license. Give it to some random dev team to crank out a game to make quick money. So yeah. it looks looks awesome. I'm so excited. That's my most anticipated game still uh, for next year. But Do you uh, think that game is going to come out next year? I think so, yeah. I think okay. it'll come out next Sony year. Sony already has so many other games they're saying is coming out in 2017. There's nothing I in the kind fall. Of think There's nothing in the fall. Spider-Man, well, we'll see. They said uh, that zombie game is supposed to come out. From ben. Oh, Days Gone. Days Gone is supposed to come out next year as well. In the so. fall, yeah. I don't Let's know. I, I think I think next year will be the year. I think I don't think they can show it at <laughs> three E threes in a row without it coming out. So we'll see. Um, we'll see. Yeah, I I think the biggest thing from PSX was they obviously did Paris Games Week. I think like a month ago or so. Yeah, and that was more kind of yeah. That, they kind of showed most of their stuff there. So there's a lot of panels. Um, the thing I was kind of thought they might do a little bit was that is at least give us some like either a release date or like a few more release windows um like i really thought god of war was going to get a release date after that leak from last week and yeah seemed like everything was lining up and they still didn't say anything so that's a little bit concerning or sad or i don't know if they just aren't quite sure on that yet keeping that one close to the vest for now yeah just yeah. in case maybe they need to push it back in yeah i don't know um, yeah, other than that, there is a trailer for a new Walking Dead game. Um, I watched it with you before the sh before we started recording here, and it's uh, open world Walking Dead game. The trailer had really good the animation, set it had a really cool tone to it. Um, the you know, CG was like crazy good. Like, yeah, it looked really really good. Like, I was impressed because it was made by like a, s a smaller team, right? Yeah, it's made by the the Payday Two team, and okay. so. Um, the kind of experience with making kind of open worldy online multiplayer type games. So if this is kind of almost like a Destiny, you know, zombie open world adventure game. I think it could be fun. It could be interesting. I'm not getting too excited about because obviously we haven't seen gameplay or really yeah. anything about yeah. it. It was you know very early look at this game, but it, they said it's coming out next year in the fall. And uh, I think this game could be pretty cool to see a kind of a open world, whether it's single player or you know has some co op or multiplayer. I think it could. Be a lot of fun. I wish it wasn't called just The Walking Dead, which I think we can assume at this point every zombie piece of you know media, whether it's a video game, movie, novel, is going to be inspired in some way by The Walking Dead. Like, yeah, it's, with how big that franchise has gotten in the last five years. Yeah, with how big and how well they've told those stories on the TV show and the comic books and everything. Like, 
you don't need to call this the walking dead by this company game like just make a zombie game it's okay if you pull things from walking dead no one's gonna care anymore like i don't know that's just my opinion but well i guess they got the license so hopefully it'll be better than that <laughs> but there's like four games that have the walking yeah. dead license that yeah. all just are called the walking dead like anyways it looks fun it'll it'll be i think it'll be cool to, to see more of that game even though we have days gone also coming out next year but um anyways we're gonna move into our second segment which is um so we have some more nintendo switch indie game reviews for you guys uh, we love reviewing these games uh, for you to kind of give you those new uh game recommendations and let you know you know what's worth downloading eShop is getting so many games every week like it's i know it got overwhelming I think this last thursday it had something like 17 games that's release insane. and there was probably like five or six of them that are actually really good yeah and so, so you know we're trying to help you kind of navigate through here let you know which games uh would be good for what you know you guys and what what type of games you usually like we'll try to match up your your uh the games you like and so we'll be reviewing three games today and we may have two or three reviews next week as well yeah. that we're working on uh, but the first one is a game that I've played all the way through with Nathan, and it is Octodad, Dadliest Catch. <laughs> and I have distinct memories of playing this game on the Wii U with you, and just, we were both literally in tears at one point for just how hilariously awkward and just funny the the situation we got ourselves into as Octodad was. <laughs> this game is perfect for like multiplayer, either two, you can play with up to four players, right? Up to right? four, yeah. And it's really, it's a really, really fun party game because yeah. basically one, if you have two players, one person controls t- like an arm and a leg and yeah. the other person controls the same or. Yeah. You have left and right arm and left and right leg and you can basically assign each limb to a certain player. So I could say, okay, yes. I'm going to control the left arm and the left leg. You'll control right arm and right leg, or you can have it set to roulette mode, which will literally every about minute or two in the game, it'll just tick, 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 boom, and just automatically switch up which arms and legs everyone's controlling which adds so much more chaos than hilarious you know situations and you can play with up to four like you said and so um everyone can control their own different limb and it'll switch around so you're all trying to communicate like oh walk over there and you know one arm is reaching this way to grab like a stuffed animal for your wife another arm is trying to push a button over here the exactly. two legs are both jumping awkwardly in the meanwhile air. there's like security guards watching you and if, <laughs> if they like sense that you're not human enough the game will kind of be like oh you have to restart that part because yes. i mean the, the whole point of the game is you are a octopus posing as a dad you have a somehow dad. you have somehow married a human wife and have had two human kids which the game pokes fun out the whole game just the fact that you're an octopus and somehow was able to make human babies. Yes. <laughs> and no one in the world has realized you're an octopus except for one angry sushi chef who's trying to capture you and turn you into calamari like dinner. <laughs> and so you're just going through your day and you do the most mundane tasks. Like you're making coffee, you're grilling hamburgers, you're mowing the lawn, you're... You go to the supermarket, <laughs> you have to get like cereal and... Yeah. It, it, there's one point where your little Timmy, your son's favorite cereal is out. So you have to like sneak up all stealthy behind this woman who's like i got the last box of of uh choco puffs and i'm so glad i found it and you have to like distract her and then like grab it and quickly like try to waddle away with your octopus limbs and so i mean if you want to laugh you want a fun party game just to mess around with people and you know it doesn't matter if 
that people are gamers and not like this is a game that yeah, anyone so can mess around is, with really it's like christmas so if you're going home or hanging out with your family or something like yeah. that and people who aren't necessarily play a lot of video games they can even jump in and have a lot of fun with this yeah right? this was originally made like over five years ago by yeah. just a small team of students and it's kind of an early tech demo and they just kind of fleshed it out into more of a full game put a little more polish into it they added some like bonus like levels where you go on like a date with your wife and there's like an operation room which trying to operate on someone with octopus tentacles is just you can imagine the the chaos that would go on there but um yeah um overall i just think it's a wacky hilarious fun game that you know it kind of loses its luster after a few levels but it's really a great experience if you're playing it with friends yeah and, so, and it's not super long either right it's only yeah a it's a pretty hours to pretty short experience complete. it's not you can get through all of it in less than five hours especially okay. if you're playing by yourself it's pretty easy but i would recommend trying the co-op like it's yeah it's way more fun if you have someone there to laugh with and just kind of <laughs> try to communicate with and you know it like like i said it can kind of get a little old after you know you do a couple levels or something like that and you know the novelty kind of wears off a little bit i usually turn it off and then come back you know a month later with a new group <laughs> of friends and it's oh hey let's mess around and you know it's, it's really funny again so cool so yeah octodad dadliest catch it's on the eShop and it's pretty much on every platform as well um you know this this was a game that's you know been around for a while but yeah it's on the switch it's 15 dollars, and you can you can pick that up and play up to four players um our next game we're going to be reviewing is stick it to the man now <laughs> i had never heard of this game and i actually got an email from um zoink interactive the, the company who's behind this game and they kind of contacted us telling me about it. i looked into this game i'm like this game looks really interesting it looks really funny and so um, they gave us a code. We we I started to play it, and I had really zero expectations. I'm like, this is some type of story platformer game. I don't know what to expect. And um, as soon as I started, I realized that this game was going to be absolute nonsense <laughs> all throughout the game. And like, I love that about it. Like, you start off and you're working on a construction site, and basically you're in this accident where your head gets like damaged, right? Okay. Wait, no, no. Excuse me. You're not a you're not working on a construction site. That's that's way too normal. That's not what this game did. You're a hard hat tester. And so you literally... So people drop things exactly. on your head? You demo hard hats to see if they're safe because you're apparently a human mannequin. <laughs> and they drop things on your head. And finally you get in this accident. You like get unconscious and you wake up. You have this giant long like pink... like looks like a sticky hand. Like a giant, he calls it a spaghetti arm coming out of his head, and he's like, "Oh my gosh, I got a spaghetti arm sticking out of my head!" And he thinks he's gone insane, and he realizes soon that no one else can see it, and he thinks, "Okay, well, if no one else can see this giant hand coming at me, maybe I am insane." And so you go try to see a doctor to help you with your problems, and basically it spawns you in this big open level where you're going around, and your sticky hand gives you the ability to read people's minds, and this is the best part of the game because the writing is so random weird and just insane that when you read someone's minds you have no idea what's going to happen but like i found myself laughing at almost every single like thought that went into these people's minds because they just have insane personalities like the very first guy you see in this level is one of the first levels in the game this guy's standing up on top of his car and he looks like very like scared and worried and so he's like oh like go away like do you if you don't have any rope i, I don't want you to help me and you're like why do you want rope and you read his mind, and he's like, I need rope so I can hang myself. My lover has no longer loves me because my teeth are terrible. My dental hygiene has ruined my future love life. <laughs> if only I would have flossed. Life's not worth living anymore. Oh, gosh. <laughs> and you're like, 
wait, this guy is going to hang himself because he doesn't have good enough teeth? Like, what? And it yeah. just escalates into weirdness from there. And so um, the the gameplay is basically you're wandering around this set level. So you're doing some platforming. It's kind of like a 2.5D. Yeah, what's the perspective? 2.5. It's like 2.5D. So like the art style is pretty unique. It almost kind of looks like a Psychonauts kind of Invader Zim, kind of that weird, you know, no, I'm not going to say creepy art style, but it's very kind of original yeah. and unique on the art style. And uh, so you're kind of wandering. It's 2.5D, kind of like Paper Mario, where your characters are all look like they're like paper cutouts. And the backgrounds are like layered paper buildings and stuff. So you're wandering around, talking to people. You're going left to right for the most part, jumping on some platforms. And you just go through and talk to every character like in this city. And each one tells you kind of about their problems. And you read their minds, gives additional problems. And then the puzzle-solving aspect comes with um, stickers. If someone thinks of something, then sometimes a sticker will pop up. So, for example, this one guy was um, imagining um, about fire. He was like a pyromaniac who was like in an insane asylum. So you read his mind and he's like, oh, fire, fire, I love fire. And all of a sudden, a little thought bubble pops up and you can peel a fire sticker. And now you have that in your inventory and you go to someone else, kind of point and click adventure, and you have to find where do I use the fire? Like, oh, so you can put like the the idea of fire in someone else's mind. Exactly. No, no. You you grab the idea of fire from someone's mind and you bring it into the real world and put it on a real object. So, oh, like, then you okay, use the okay. fire to light a cannon that launches a man out of a cannon. He knocks over something else and then he starts thinking of something. Then you grab that sticker, you put that cool. on someone else. So it's kind of this sequence of like you talk to everyone and then you're like, oh wait, like I just got a set of giant like. Uh, scared, like scared, like you know the cartoon animation of eyeballs popping out of your head. So you grab that, and you go find someone else, and you put it on this guy's head. He's like, "Oh, oh, what's going on? I can't. My, everything is so exciting. I can't see." Then you know that causes something else to happen, which then you get another piece of the puzzle. So you're kind of interwoving all these different. That's really pieces. cool. That's a neat gameplay mechanic. Yeah. So the mechanics really cool, and you know after you kind of solve all the different little people's problems, it spawns you in a whole new level um so there's kind of set levels and you're trying to exactly complete everything in that level yeah like you can pull on. up like a map and kind of see where all the people and the kind okay. of the things where you want to go are but yeah it's a really neat gameplay mechanic like i said just the writing is just so insane it's written by the adventure time um guy with the cartoon oh really there. so if you've ever watched <laughs> that show or you like any of that type of humor like this is right up your alley you'll love it um but yeah i mean my favorite example of the story is there was this one guy or there's these two mobsters by this car, and I read their mind. And they're like, "Oh, we got to get rid of this body." Like, I'm like, "What? They have a body?" And all of a sudden, I realized I could read the mind of the trunk of their car. Like, there was someone in their trunk. So I read the mind, and this guy's like, "Oh, I'm late to my dance competition. My date's gonna kill me. Oh, I can't believe this is the end of it all. All because I just borrowed a little bit of money, and oh, my life has been so short-lived. Ah, all the things I could have done, and all the things I probably spent too much time doing, like." playing silver surfer for the original nes man <laughs> that was such a fun game and it was so hard and i never beat it but you know it was just such a great game it just keeps going off and later on like oh you find a gosh. can opener and you use the can opener to open the thing and you save the guy and he's like oh i'm gonna go to my dance competition thank you so much oh and then you guys like oh you sure you don't want to talk about silver surfer for the nes he's like oh, that's my favorite game in the world i would love to talk to you about that and it's just like just totally random weird stuff like that. That's so great. Um, yeah, overall, you know, it's a u- unique art style. It makes puzzle solving interesting and some of the weirdest writing I've ever seen. And I love, you know, every bit of that. So awesome. Um, yeah, if you like, you know, humorous games, you even like 
kind of Paper Mario type um, art styles. Um, I definitely recommend it. Stick it to the man. It's also $15 Sweet. on the eShop. And there's a sequel coming that is out the, next the year. hit indie price. On the yeah, exactly. 15 20 bucks. Get that fourteen ninety nine, baby. Yeah. So stick it to the man. Check it out. Um, last review here is from one of my favorite relatively unknown game series, which is, of course, I'm talking about the Riptide GP Moto series, which if you don't know what Riptide GP is, it's essentially kind of like a spiritual successor to like weight race. You are riding on these jet skis. You're going through levels. It's an arcade racer, very similar to, you know, a lot of those arcade racing games like Cruising USA, Hydro Thunder, like we had back in the 90s and 2000s. And you know how much I raved about this game on PS4. Riptide GP Moto 2. Do you remember that? Yeah, you put. You, I remember you bought it. It was on sale for like $2. And you bought no, it was $1.69. Okay. I'm like, this game looks interesting. Even if I play it for only 30 minutes, I don't feel bad. It was only every day, Like every day for the next two weeks, I'd get <laughs> on and look at my PS4 and be like, Ninja Penguin is playing <laughs> Riptide GP Moto, whatever the name of it was. And I was like, what is this game that I got for $2? It's like, Dude, it's the best deal of my life. I put like ten hours into this dollar sixty nine game it on PS4. I loved it. I hundred percented everything in that game, and so this is really the sequel to that game. So I was excited, and they have just made tons of little changes in the series. And so there's a career mode, and there's a little bit of writing and dialogue in there if you like story. It's not a good story or anything, but they did add that in there, which made it a little more in-depth. It kind of connects the races. Yeah, it kind of connects the races. There's kind of a character who's guiding you through your career. And they added this new mechanic to races where a lot of the times police boats will actually go in the middle of the race. And that's really cool because it always kind of gives you someone to race with. So, like, on a lot of the earlier races, they're pretty easy. And so I found myself winning, you know, by a large margin. But all of a sudden, this police boat comes up out of nowhere. And I'm like, oh, great. Now I kind of have someone else to race to. And they added in a uh, drafting mechanic. So if you go directly behind a boat, kind of like Mario Kart, you know, a realistic racing game, you can gain speed. And that wasn't in the last one. And so that makes it so you can gain speed. Even if you're far behind, you know, a police boat may come up and it could kind of help you if you do the drafts right. And you can, you know, catch up to the rest of the racers. But overall, this is just a game that has, you know, a about eight to 10 hour uh, story mode, depending on um, how much you want to kind of hundred percent it. And by hundred percent, it's not like collectibles or anything. It's just getting, you know, first place, three star rating on every event. And there's, you know, elimination races, there's your normal grand prix, there's stunt races. Um, there's, you know, a couple different ways that you race, which mixes up the gameplay. It has four player split screen. It has online play, which, at least in my experience, I wasn't able to find an online match, sadly. <laughs> Sad. Um, but one of the best things about this game, um, it's $9.99. This is a game that's $10 on the Nintendo Switch. Um, and really, like, this is the best race water racing game since 2001, since, like, wow. Wave Race that's Blue Storm. <laughs> now, these games, they're also kind of originally made for mobile yeah, devices, yeah. right? Yeah, these were originally made uh, for mobile, like, iOS devices okay. and stuff, and, like, um, I think this they, one may even be available on on iPhone as well. Do they translate pretty well though? Like, yeah, I mean the the art style and like the polygons and like it doesn't. It looks like what does it look like? Maybe like a late PS2 game or early PS3. Yeah, game? I mean, I would say it probably looks like a PS3 game. I okay. guess you could say it doesn't look anything next gen. It's not your Mario Odyssey, you know, insane level of details and textures and colors. But, uh, but I it's mean, it's a racing game. It's a racing game. Really You're moving. On that, yeah. They. They got the physics and the look of the waves right, which is okay. the most important thing. Like yeah. the waves, the way they ripple, and like there'll be certain parts where you're kind of in open water where like if you 
hit a, a wave at a certain angle, you could get air and the whole gameplay revolves around doing stunts. And so there's ramps, there's like secret jumps. You can jump off of waves if you hit them right. Um, and basically depending on how much air you get, you can do either like a easy trick, a normal trick or a hard trick by moving the sticks around. And the more complicated the trick is, the more boost meter you get. And so if you hit a really complicated uh, trick and you get a log boost, that'll give you more air for your next jump. You hit another complicated one, get another boost that refills your meter, and you're just boosting continuously for like 30 seconds. And like that's when the game gets so much fun is when you're just chaining together all these different stunts and you're going so fast. And um, yeah, I mean, art style-wise, it's pretty simplistic. You could sure. tell it could probably run on a mobile game. Like it's not going to blow away with the graphics, but it but runs. the controls feel really good. Controls feel good. It's 60 frames per second. Like it, it, it's got some neat little HD rumble shake and bumps when you're riding in there. It has four player split screen, which not many racing games do outside of Mario Kart anymore. Um, so yeah, I mean, I really recommend this game. If you like arcade racing games at all, like if you liked cruising USA, you liked Hydro Thunder wave race, like this game is $10. <laughs> Totally go buy it. Support these developers so they can keep making um, these awesome arcade racing games because um, it is just a ton of fun. Just chaining together those stunts and bouncing on the waves makes this, I think, the best racing game since Wave Race Blue Storm, which was a game I really loved. Um, um, there's customization as well, too, which I didn't even mention and get into, but like tons of different ships. You can change the color of your, your racer. You can change your pilot this time around. You can change your emblem, a sticker. You can customize all that. So... While the characters don't have as much, you know, personality as, you know, something like F-Zero or Mario Kart or Wave Race with those characters, um, it still is um, um, a lot of fun. You can mess around with those options, too. So. Yeah. Yeah, I played yeah. a little bit at your house this last weekend. It was it felt really good when you're able to chain together, like you said, like, boost, and then you hit, hit another jump, and then you boost more, and then you get the turn right, because there's kind of a little drift mechanic and stuff as well. Yeah. So, yeah. It feels good. It's, uh, it's a fun game. You you would never be able to tell that like that was a mobile game at one point. Like yeah. it definitely feels like a console game. So I don't like go into this, like thinking like, Oh, like, this is just a crappy mobile game. They put on switch at last second. Like yeah. Yeah. it's a, it's a really good port. Really. The only thing that bugs me after playing for a while is that the right trigger is the accelerate. And you're pretty much holding that down for the entire race. And at least when I'm playing handheld mode with the joy cons, holding down that right trigger while trying to do other stuff with my thumbs is a little uncomfortable for me after yeah. a while. Like, I wish I could map the buttons around so just A was go. Um, but then again, I wouldn't be able to use my right thumb for uh, using tricks. tricks on the stunts. Yeah. So I don't know if there's there's a perfect workaround. I think it's probably just more of a Joy-Con Issue. trigger is yeah. not that great and the controller is small. But Pro Controller, great. All um, right. So, yeah, definitely check it out. It's uh, Riptide GP Renegade. Um, definitely recommend that out if you like racing games. So, um, yeah, so our last segment on the show here, we're going to be talking for the next 20 minutes about just for me and Nathan personally, what were the top um, 10 2017 games that we enjoyed most? So these yeah. aren't necessarily the top 10 greatest games. These aren't like our, this isn't the these top aren't our 10 favorite list. games that we played this year. Necessarily. Yeah. These aren't going to be the top 10 of Metacritic or anything like that, exactly. but these are just 10 games we really, really enjoyed. And we think everyone should try out or play this year. And so um, we did omit our two game of the year nominees, which, you know, you probably heard us, you know, arguing back and forth and declaring, you know, Zelda and Mario the two best games of this year, and ultimately, well, both of us deciding Zelda was the one that honored, um, 
got the honor for game of the year, but we're not going to talk about those two games. Those are obvious. You know, you already know. We've talked about that, those games a lot. Yeah, you already know we want you to play those games, but uh, we're going to talk about some other games. So, Nathan, why don't you go ahead and start us off here? What's what's uh, one? And these aren't in any particular order, but just... No, these are just, just 10 games we really 10 enjoyed. games you really should check out. Um, I'm going to start with a multiplayer one, uh, Overcooked. Uh, so, this game came out last year on Steam and PS4 and stuff like that, but it came out mm-hmm. this year on the Switch, and I didn't play it until then. Yeah, I think we were kind of all waiting for a Switch port, like... I wanted to get on PS4, but I'm like, I don't have four four PS4 controllers, so I don't want to get this because it's a co-op game. So yeah. I waited for the Switch. Yeah, and so this game, um, basically, as you probably know, you start out, you're cooking simple recipes, and you're moving around the kitchen trying to get orders done, and it progresses into more complicated recipes that take, like, maybe three or four different ingredients. And then um, the kind of the main mechanic is you cook in all these kind of crazy locations. So you like cook on an ice cap and you cook like <laughs> in a volcano. sliding off into the water. Yeah. <laughs> you cook in a volcano. You cook like on two separate moving trucks that are always moving back and forth and stuff like that. So very chaotic. Yeah. So it's really cool because um, if you're playing like two player co-op, um, me and my wife were actually playing this the other night and you can kind of work together and figure out what you need to do to do really well at that level and get mm. three. The You're trying to get like three stars. On you get a rating yeah. based on how quickly you fulfill your orders that are coming in. Um, and if you miss any orders, you get like negative points. So basically, however many orders you got and how quickly you did them, um, it'll rate you based on how much money you made. Yeah, and exactly. Each level's around, what, four minutes or so? Three, yeah, four minutes? I think minutes. there's a full four minute timer that it, it sets you at yeah. um so each each level is it's pretty pretty short so like if you do it a one time like you said and you get a one star rating you're like oh man i want to three star this like you could probably replay it and get that two or three star rating once you've kind of figured yeah. out the mechanics of the but, level yeah if you're playing like two player it works really well as a good co-op game that you can kind of work together and fly through and get really good at mm-hmm. but if you're playing this you can also play this game as a party game and play it with like either three or four people and that's where it gets kind of just insane <laughs> like Someone accidentally t- doesn't take the meat off the stove and it sets on fire. And then, it like, everything else, the, the fire kitchen. spreads. And everyone's like, where's the fire extinguisher? We can't find it. And everyone starts screaming. We played this game with your brother, I think, this summer. Oh, uh, yeah. And he was hilarious to play with because he just, like, he was like, you need to do this. And you go here. And it was a lot of fun. And I've played this game with probably four or five different groups of people, friends and family mm-hmm. and stuff like that. And everyone has had a had a really it's always good time a and ends yeah. up laughing and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, even so. if, like, you're not good at it, like, you know, that happened to us tonight. I played on Sunday with a group of friends while we had over, and, like, one of the people didn't really know what to do, and they were very confused, and, like, they were just kind of laughing their way through it, and we were all, like, <laughs> trying to pull extra weight because they weren't really doing anything and boss each other around, and, you know, it's that new Super Mario Bros. Wii co-op where, like, if you play with uh, three or four people, like... It doesn't make the game easier or better. It just makes it more chaotic and party and crazy. Yes. <laughs> um, which is a lot of fun. So, um, yeah, definitely check it out. It's got all the DLC on the Switch version as well, which is awesome. Yeah, there's a lot of content on there. I think we've put, like, 10, 15 hours into it, and we haven't even finished the main game yeah, yet. Yeah, so. I tried playing one of the DLC levels just kind of for fun. And, like, because I haven't beaten the main campaign yet. I've gotten pretty far. But I'm like, I have to three-star every level first. So haven't beaten the campaign yet, but I tried a DLC level, and it just totally kicked my butt. Like, it was <laughs> so complicated. So it, there's some good challenge in there. And like I said, it's available on every platform. So if you have extra controllers lying around, you want a fun co-op game, definitely Overcooked. Yep. Amazing game. Awesome. Great game. Um, next one on the list we want to talk about, um, I'm going to just say Sonic Mania, uh, which came out in August. And, I mean... Can we just appreciate the fact that a Sonic game is on our top 10 games we enjoyed most for this year? Like, 
Sonic games so often look so great, but then they're just so disappointing and so many weird decisions and things go wrong. But like, really, there's not a lot to complain about this game. If you liked or played any of the original old Sonic games on the Genesis, like this is a game you need to play. Like this has all the same old mechanics that you remember, but it feels you know a little bit better. It looks a lot better because it's HD widescreen now. Uh, they recreated all the physics so it feels just like the original Sonic games. Um, they have even a lot of the old levels kind of remade and put some smaller twists. And that's one thing I really liked about the levels is the first act was always kind of more of your standard Sonic level. And then the second act would always kind of put some twist in on it. So that wasn't really seen. You're like, wait, this wasn't in the original, you know, chemical plant zone. Uh, there was one level that that was a new level that they created for the game and you can actually go into the background. And so like Sonic shoots in this me into this machine and all of a sudden I'm like, wait, where am I? And I'm like, holy crap. Like I'm out in the background going through these little stages back there. So these, these really cool like game design moments and they just did, um, I think a phenomenal job and job. And this was a game made by a Sonic fan who made his own fan based Sonic game. And uh, Sega was like, well, we can't make a good Sonic game, yeah. so we'll give you a shot. <laughs> you know, even Sonic Forces came out. And that got such mediocre reviews, and the physics were terrible in it. And it's just like, these Sonic fans are making better games than the real Sonic team, like, developers. And so um, I think this game deserves a, a lot of attention, and it has this awesome 90s animated intro, which totally hit me in the nostalgia because I read all the Sonic the Hedgehog comics, and it was that same kind of artwork um, back from the 90s. And so... Um, yeah, definitely check it out. Sonic Mania, it's available on all platforms. I think it's $20 normally. Uh, but yeah, it's got, I think, 20 levels, and every level has a boss fight, so there's 20 bosses as well. So um, it's, it's a lot of fun. It's a, it's a good game. Definitely check it out. Sweet. All right, uh, let's see here. Next on the list, um, I'm going to give a shout-out to a game that I know I kind of glossed over a little bit this year, um, but that's uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. That came out really early this year you know the beginning february. uh end of february right before zelda so i i didn't even play it till after i played zelda but this is a open world action rpg game made by a team that made first person shooters <laughs> for the last 12 years so i mean it's always a roll of the dice i feel like with developers yeah. like that if you're like okay great they're finally moving on they're getting a new franchise hopefully you know it's better than the old thing they did that people liked you know yeah. it's not terrible but i feel like it's either hit a mess like it could be really good or it could be ah, they should yeah, it was just a go very back. very different style game but they did a really good job with it i remember when sony first revealed this game a couple years ago they had a really really awesome trailer and kind of gameplay um show that showed basically you're this person you're fighting these robot dinosaurs and there's these different ways you can take them down and stuff like that and that was basically what this whole game was about well, they you're fighting them with a, bows and arrows. It's yeah. Grenade launchers and, like, machine guns, you know, which yeah. is cool. And they crafted a really well-designed open world. The thing that I appreciate about it, I haven't even finished the game yet, so I need to go back to it. I've so, already started my new game plus. Like, yeah. I love this game. Yeah, it's great. But they made the world, like, not super, super huge and feel like you could yeah. never complete it. Like, you platinum this game, right, Jeff? Yeah, yeah. And Rob did, too. We, we found everything. that The world wasn't too big, and it does give the ability to to fast travel and you can find mounts and stuff in there too. But the, the world map is pretty varied. Like I was worried it was all kind of kind of look the same, but there's parts that are very kind of swampy. There's deserts, there's snowy mountains. There's a lot of writing that the textures and details in this game. It's just, it's like hands down, like probably the most gorgeous, yeah, it's the most beautiful video game like ever made. Like it's in that conversation. Like you have to mention this game. If you're talking about the best looking games ever, like I'm running on my PS4 pro 
in 4K and just like I go up to like a wall and I'm just staring at the wall I'm like look how amazing just the wall looks like <laughs> let alone the character models and the creatures and you know the thing they spent lots of time doing yeah and the thing that I appreciate about it and I like I said I haven't even beaten the game yet but they they wove a really interesting storyline into it as well that yeah it's, it's maybe a tiny bit of spoilers but it's a post-apocalyptic game but it's not like a lot of other post-apocalyptic game mm-hmm. like it's set in a different setting and there's um all these kind of audio diaries that you can find that tell stories of people and before. They're good too. Yeah, and they're really good. Like they're interesting. I usually skip to. over those things. Like yeah, you know, I, I mean I like single player games, but ones that are kind of more heavy into story and RPG, sometimes I gloss over a lot of the story stuff. And about halfway through this point, I got to this point where I'm like, man, I really like the story. <laughs> and I went back and listened to all the audio logs that I started skipping, and from then on, I would just find everyone and listen, and I just wove together this story it becomes more interesting the more you learn about it yeah and so it's yeah. it's definitely definitely a game that everyone should play um especially if you have a ps4 if you have a ps4 this, go get this game it's only you know 15 20 now um you know there's dlc out as well um, i'm looking to hopefully jump into in a few weeks so yeah horizon zero done um next game we're talking about game that you know i love so much it has to do not with legs not with ears not with eyeballs hands arms hands are attached to the arms but it's about the arms not the hands and uh arms is one of those games that was a surprise new ip for nintendo this year um i always love when nintendo goes out and makes a new ip obviously you know splatoon was the latest and greatest new nintendo ip that came out in the wii u i love that i still love that series and now arms is kind of this new uh multiplayer fighting game and you know, when this game first launched, there wasn't a lot to do. You kind of did the Grand Prix, and there was only a couple fighters. Um, but they've added in multiple new uh, fighting modes. They've added in, uh, I think, four new characters and four new stages now. Um, they've added in a new twist to the Grand Prix mode. There's, like, a party mode that does Splatfest every two weeks. So there's one this last weekend. And every time there's one of those, it's so addicting to just do one more round and try to get to the next rank so I get more credits. And it's way more eroding with credits. They've added in a badge system that does achievements. And so, like, I just got one yesterday that said I've thrown over 50,000 punches. <laughs> wow. I'm like, wow, I've thrown 50,000 punches. Like, oh, sweet. I get 200 credits, and I get this cool little button that shows my achievement, and I can show it off to my friends while I'm playing with them and stuff. So... Um, overall, this this game is just so much fun. I love how it can be a competitive one-on-one fighter or it can just be a casual party game. And I think the party mode matchmaking is still one of my favorite matchmaking systems in a game. It's just so clever how it just revolves everyone around in there. Um, so yeah, this game is just only going to get better. They're still doing DLC and free updates. Like like I said before, a fighting game with free DLC is always going to be amazing to me. Like yeah. I, I yeah. love that fact that they keep putting in um, new characters and I have officially, I can, I can confess, I've officially become addicted to the arms getter mini game in this, <laughs> in this game. I mean, all it it's is pretty like much is... It's just like punching through targets, It's is pretty it much just moving targets yeah. that, that you're punching through. But there's a rhyme and a rhythm that if you hit all the targets, like in one or two swell or swooping punches, you get these combo multipliers where it gives you way more points, which gives you more arms. And it gets... If you hit about, I think, 10,000 points on the arm getter, which I used to struggle doing, now I get like over 20,000 every time, it basically ramps up the difficulty and gives you way more targets. You have to basically time your punches to go hit two targets at the same time that are right next to each other. And so there's just this really cool layered skill uh, factor to this minigame, and it's so addicting, and like I'm always doing it to unlock new arms because 
it's fun to unlock new things and games. Yeah. And I don't know. I've, I've felt like I've put just so much time into that mini game. I could just play it all day long. So maybe I've, I have a ton of coins from the last party crash. I think I'm just going to do a stream where I just play get the arms getter for like an hour <laughs> because I would love to do that. All so, right. All right. Uh, but yeah, cool. definitely check it out. It's a game that's only getting better, which is, which is awesome. Yeah. So. And that's sweet that Nintendo's continuing to support it. Yeah. Um, game I want to shout out is actually next one on my list is Abzu. And this game actually came out in 2016, um, but it came out on uh, PlayStation Plus this year. Um, so I played it first this year on PS4. And the reason I love this game is it's so, I don't know, it's really beautiful and it's really relaxing. The gameplay is basically you're in a three, you're a diver exploring the ocean in a 3D environment. Um, but it has the lighting in this game is really, really good. Like the light shining through kind of down through the ocean and it, yeah, the it's, fish it's and the really colors. Beautiful. Yeah. It's really, really beautiful. So, and there's not a lot you're doing. You're just kind of swimming around exploring this ocean and you kind of, there's these little check marks that you try and swim through and that yeah. kind of opens up more of well, the there's, game. There's even in moments where you find like, I think it's statues or something in the game where your character would just kind of sit down and like, it's, I think just like meditate or something. And basically you just view the fish and the different environments around you. It's just, I found myself just sitting there watching like these fish <laughs> in this digital aquarium run around for like 10 minutes. My, my wife walks in and is like, what are you doing? I'm like, look, it's a narwhal. Or, look, it's, it's coy or something like yeah it's just yeah. really relaxing it's really really and the music is really good too yeah. like it plays into that totally I, I call this game underwater journey like it's totally got that same vibe and art style and feel to the journey playstation game but it's all underwater so i i love the fact that you're interacting with animals and yeah stuff. yeah and it's not super long like i think i finished it in like three or four hours yeah or something I, I, like that. I finished it in one day yeah, so <laughs> Um, I really appreciate that fact in 2017 when there's so many great games that came out and a lot of great multiplayer experience mm. as well. It was something I could just kind of, I think I beat it in like two or three sessions or something like yeah. that. And it was a lot of fun. So yeah. just wanted to shout that one out. It, it's definitely a cool game worth, worth checking out. Um, that's on sale on PSN right now. Actually, it's less than 10 bucks. I think it's like $7 or something. Oh, cool. Yeah. So, definitely go um, get it for that price. Yeah. So definitely grab that one. Um, our next one is a game that you guys know, um, I love I've talked about it on the show before. SteamWorld Dig 2. I still think this is maybe my favorite indie game on the Switch. Um, it was just so finely crafted that, like, the game just opens up once you get all these different movement abilities where you get, like, a claw shot or hook shot that you can grapple around with. You get a jet pack. Um, there's so many different challenges and rooms that you find in there. The music is so amazing. The art style is gorgeous. And this was just a game I just couldn't put down for, like, the the two weeks that like I beat this game. Like I just kept playing and playing and playing it, just trying to go a little bit further. The gameplay loop is so satisfying because you're collecting all these gold from killing creatures and finding treasure and then you're selling it and you're like, Oh great. Now that I sold that, I can buy this upgrade and do this and this and this. And let me go find some more real quick. Or, you know, if you can't hold some gold, it still stays there. So you like, Oh, time to go back down and find that gold. I couldn't carry before. And let's go sell it and start the loop over again. And, uh, this is a game that I've recommended actually to a couple friends who have who have actually ended up picking up the game just because I think this is such a solid single player experience. Like this came out, you know, before a lot of these other indie games. It came out, um, I think, September before a little bit before kind of the Switch indie rush that happened this fall. Later. Yeah, it was kind of one of the last big great indie games before you know the fall hit. Um, and so this this game I I really recommend it as a hey, you're done with Zelda, you know, you're waiting for Mario. Like, this is a great smaller game that you can really sink a lot of time into and just have fun exploring. So 
um, definitely check out SteamWorld Dig 2. That game is so awesome, and um, I want them to just keep making more of these SteamWorld games because they just get so much better with each yeah, one they and make. Yeah, and my favorite thing about this game is the art style is really, really beautiful, mm-hmm. and the lighting is awesome. So. Yeah. Uh, another game that came out actually last year but came out on the Switch this year is uh, Stardew Valley, and I played that mostly in 2017. Yeah, and I think that, a lot of people have. Yeah, that game is so you talk about kind of gameplay loop and addicting and stuff like that and it, <laughs> it's that completely because you start out on this kind of old farm and you're just you're tasked with like trying to raise i think like five crops or something like that mm-hmm. and then as you raise those crops and you get more money and you can raise more crops and you're slowly upgrading your farm and there's other things you can do as well like there's a really good fishing mini game where you can slowly catch fish and get more um get better fishing rods and better lures and stuff like that there's a cool mine area where you go down and explore and are fighting little monsters and stuff like that the more you talk about and, this game, the more it makes me want to get it. <laughs> and at the same time, I'm, the, you just keep talking about how addicting it is. I'm like, I do not have time to play this game. I can't get addicted to this. I have these other games I want to play. Yeah. But like, just watching you play it and like hearing so many people talk about it, like, this is just such an awesome game. Especially, to, I feel like to have on something like yeah, the it's, Switch. It's perfect for the Switch too because each day takes like 15, 20 minutes or something like yeah. that. So. You can just be like, oh, I'm just going to play a day. And then maybe you play two or three or something like that. But then you can just put it down, stop, yeah. and be There's like, There's a come back later. multiplayer mode coming later next year, right? Uh, yeah, next year I think there's supposed to be a multiplayer mode coming out where you can play, I think, online with other players and awesome. stuff like that. So maybe and that's what I'll get. So yes. I can play online with Dude, you. <laughs> I need someone to play play with me. So that would come be awesome. Come to my farm and yeah. harvest my tomatoes. This game is also only 15 bucks, um, and it's That's really fair. I've, yeah. I've put, I think, maybe 30 hours into it. My wife has put, like... 50 plus hours you've definitely made your money back yes for sure yes that is awesome um so it looks like that's through most of us that's eight um real quickly our last two on here is golf story which we you know talked a lot about at the gamies just with how this game kind of came out of nowhere Um, yeah it was announced i think and released in like what three weeks or a month or something mm -hmm. like that it's a small team out of australia and this was on anyone's radar and it just became this game that had really funny writing and had really good gameplay and it you know kind of took this rpg style of hey you got to go around this open world and talk to people and get quests and figure out how to solve them but you're solving quests for the most part using golf balls and you're hitting them off turtles and into skeletons and different random stuff like that like it just took the total this total zaniness that usually isn't in a sports game (laughs) yeah and added it and made it and the the golf was actually really good. Like I've played a couple against a couple different friends. There's a two player mode you can yeah. play against each other. And did, had a lot of did fun I tell you I played well. with my dad? Uh, golf story. How, so your dad's a huge NES golf fan. Yeah, so my my dad is an it? OG NES golf like master. Like it's become this tradition. Like we've started playing it for the last four or five years. Like every time I come home and visit my dad, I was like, all right, let's play some NES golf. We play it every night, and I had him play golf story with me, and. He was like, hey, oh, this this is just like, oh, the, the thing, uh, the the bar is just like NES Golf. This is great. And once he kind of got a handle of the mechanics, he really liked it. But at the same time, the mechanics are just slightly different enough where if you have all these decades of muscle memory <laughs> playing golf, it just throws them off just a tiny bit. And I would just, you know, I've played this game for 15 hours, so I know how to play it better. And that really frustrated him. And so just like, oh, are you kidding me? Like, oh, I can't believe this. And he just got really competitive. So... Um, I'm hoping like he just gets a switch, his own switch, and downloads this game and plays it all the time, so that way like we can uh, have some more competitive matches. Yes. But, but yeah, it's it's definitely accessible for anyone to play. Yeah, so. yeah, 
That was fun. Great game. Um, last one is a game that I picked up, really enjoyed, and I gave to you, and you enjoyed even more than I did, which I thought was surprising. Yeah, so Batman uh, Telltale Season 1. Um, it's our final top final... 10 game that we enjoyed the most. <laughs> yeah. You may not have been expecting I, this one. No, but... I was. So I really like Batman. Like, you know, I like Batman movies. I've read some comics and stuff like most that. Most people Mo- do. Most people have do, right? But um, you are a big DC the, fan, so yes. Batman, DC. Yeah, yeah. But the uh, and I've played a couple different Telltale games. I played um, my f- favorite one before this was a uh, Walking Dead season one. That one kind of had most the most emotion- yeah. emotional resonance and stuff like Lee that. Ian Clementine, so good. Yeah. Um, but I picked this up and wasn't really sure what to expect. But I had a ton of fun with this game. I think I beat it in like a week. Or something like that, which wow. usually... That's fast for you. Yeah, that's fast for me. <laughs> like, usually it takes me a while to play through, especially these kinds of games where... Yeah. Um, but I had really, really enjoyed the story in it. Um, you could... Kind of your choices impact, obviously, impacted what kind of what mm. ending you got and what happened. And it was... And the art style, like, really matched up well with kind of the comic book yeah. style of Batman. And Troy Baker as Batman was awesome. <laughs> yeah. I mean, it wasn't Kevin Conroy, so... Conroy, so I was a little bit skeptical. But like, if we had to get anyone who wasn't Kevin Conroy, like, there you go. Troy Baker is one of the best video game voice actors out there. And you know, as much as I love Kevin Conroy, like that his voice totally works for the Arkham games. It totally works for Injustice. But like a game like this, which is definitely more personal, and you're playing a lot more because he plays Bruce Wayne as well, which you hadn't ever really. Which I think before. I think probably more than fifty percent of the game you're playing is Bruce Wayne, and then it gives you the option. It gives you the option to kind of tackle. Each uh, episode gives you, you can either tackle this as Batman or tackle this as Bruce Wayne. But Um, it felt like really the first video game, a really story that I experienced where you really were seeing the story of Bruce Wayne. It wasn't just a Batman story. You were really playing and embodying Bruce Wayne as a character, which was really neat to see. Yeah. Yeah. And kind of did the kind of the Spider-Man thing where Bruce Wayne and Batman's worlds collided and clashed, you know, with batman and bruce wayne both knowing the same people and how did you want to solve this problem with either one so yeah they did a really good job and yeah. i think i think it did really well because batman season two i think they're on their third episode already yeah the um, fact that they're already cranking those out and those ones are getting pretty good reviews too is, yeah. is good yeah. good to see so so you need to buy season two and i'll borrow that one from you so okay i'm, I'm, I'm waiting until <laughs> the full time thing comes out i can't yeah. do the buy play one episode and then wait for for the rest of it yeah for so. sure uh but yeah so um let us know uh what were some of the games that you enjoyed most, we'd love to hear some recommendations that you maybe have for us to try. And hopefully you'll uh, try some of these top 10 games that we enjoyed the most this year. And uh, yeah, that uh, ends our show for this week. We will see you again next week. We are still planning a show for next week. And uh, we'll let you know if we're planning a show for the week of Christmas. We're not sure at this point. But uh, yeah, till then, uh, have a good week, everyone. And we will leave you with the Wrinkly 64 music from the Donkey Kong Country 3 official soundtrack. I'd never heard of this before. Bye. (laughs) Enjoy.
Thank you.